You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast, and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business, no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership spark 365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the spark podcast and women in business. Amazing, Christine. Welcome to Spark TV. Hi, lovely to be here. I am very excited to have you here and share your story. Let's just dive in and tell everyone who you are and what you do. My name is Christine Hewitt and I am co-founder and director of a charity that is called Adamus Nexus which is a post-crisis support group for women who have been through domestic family and sexual violence. Wow. So how did this come about? That's a very good question. Um, My uh, business partner and I, way back in probably, I don't know, probably 2015, we decided we wanted to try and get out from working for other people. Yep. Um, And we had a couple of little dabbles in different things. But somewhere along the way, the journey kind of changed a little bit and we decided we wanted to try and help women who had been through what we had. We both have childhood domestic violence um, backgrounds. Mm. And we were wondering why some people can get on with life and, you know, thrive and some people can't. Mm. And we were wondering why we were two people that were able to to seemingly do that. Not perfect by any means. Um, <clears throat> Still seeing a psychologist, don't get me wrong, it's it's not perfect at all. Mm. But um, what we figured out was that we had support. We'd found support in different ways and we were supporting each other. Mm. So we thought, well, how can we do this and help other women to do the same? And my um, domestic violence childhood consisted of having an alcoholic parent and I ended up going to a 12-step program called Al-Anon, not AA, which is for the alcoholic, Al-Anon is actually for the non-alcoholic, for the family members and the friends that surround the alcoholic. I didn't um, even know that existed. I know, and a lot of people don't. So and so it's, it's mirrored very much on that 12-step program that is AA, except mm. it's a support group for people who are living with or have lived with or have grown up with an alcoholic. So um, it was very much an eye-opener for me actually attending that group because no matter how much your brain tells you that you can't be the only person in the world that feels the way you do and has been through what you've been through, mm. until you sit in a circle of people and hey, and hear them saying something that you thought or felt or reacted in a certain way, you don't really actually believe it until you literally are sitting in that group and hearing it. So we very loosely decided to model a group on that sort of semi-12-step type program very loosely but um that's what we thought we would do I love it so then okay talk to me about then 
if I was a uh, someone in need of support, what would I do? How would I find out about you? What process would I go through? What's kind of put me in the, I don't feel like saying customer's shoes is right in this. No, group. that's right. You know, but Participants, attendees. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so we've been going now um, for five, nearly six years. We only became a charity in the middle of 2021. We were sort of running it under a company prior to that, which is its own little business and another set of challenges, as many of your <laughs> listeners would know. Um, sorry, what was the question again? I've had a green oh, wine. No, no I know. I know. Oh, my God. After you were talking, I was like, oh, I feel like a bit naughty <laughs> now that we're sharing a glass of wine together. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, so if I was a potential person mm. that needed support, how would I find out about you and what would the process be that yeah. you would take me through? Yeah. So these days, if you Google domestic violence support group, we will actually pop up in your search, which is amazing considering mm. we have done no SEO ourselves. But what we did do and we did a lot of in the first couple of years was we went out and saw other services, other mm. services that were in crisis, so you know, your domestic violence crisis services or your, or your rape centres, your victim supports, all of those sorts of services. So we went out and face-to-face -face met with them and told them what we were doing mm -hmm. um, and we get a lot of referrals from them. But, yes, as a result of having a lot of those backlinks, as a lot of your business people would probably know and understand, a lot of people find us through that or they might be seeing their psychologist and they get referred. They might be seeing one of those in-crisis services and get referred. Um, lots of different ways. But, um, yeah, it's uh, pretty much a word of mouth a lot of the time. Yeah, amazing. So then mm. now that you're an official charity, mm. how are you funded? How do you actually get the funds to make yes. this available to women? So originally we self-funded ourselves to get everything set up and, um, you know, it was probably running on a bit of a shoestring as a result, but that was fine. Uh, now we do live a lot on grants. So we do a lot of grant writing. Yep. We, um, uh, we've we been very lucky that we have always got enough to help to pay for the back office invoices, which, again, all of your listeners will know there are a lot of them and they add up. Uh, but Why also, do they keep coming? I know, they're always there, right? They never get any cheaper. But also to fund perhaps something that we might be wanting to do, like mm. getting better branding. Once you know, once we really got going and got a quorum of people coming, we wanted to just look that little bit more professional, given that we had branded ourselves and built our own website and done all of these things ourselves. And we are not gurus in any of that, by the way. <laughs> so... um so, yes, pretty much grants and um, donations when we can get them as well. So that's a bit of a constant thing in the background for us is, is looking for grants and getting the money in that way. Yeah, and I guess that's interesting. Like if you're a type of organisation that doesn't require or rely on sales, like as in customer sales and customer revenue, you still have a sales role in a sense because you are revenue raising. So donations, the grants. So you still kind of have to have a salesperson hat on at different points. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things just before COVID started, we had actually built a corporate sponsorship package and booklet and got it branded and printed and everything. And then everything came to a bit of a standstill like everything did during mm. COVID. Um, and we're still in the process of trying to pick that back up because, as you're absolutely correct, it's all about getting in front of people, doing the hard sell sometimes to try and get them to put some money into your hands instead of into their pockets or into something else that they might have for their business. So, yeah, it's a bit of a constant one. And from a sales point of view, we also found that um, 
a lot of people find that groups like ours have started up usually when somebody, a family member or somebody close has unfortunately been a victim, yeah. um, hopefully not um, a death but a victim, and they will set up some kind of charity. So we had to get past that. Um, you're only little, you're not going to be around for very long, etc. So we really had to get a good grounding mm. and get people to know that we weren't fly-by-nighters, we were in this for the long haul, and it was really important to us that they understand that. So that's yeah. that other constant cell job is making people understand that you know, we're here, we've been here for six years now nearly, we're not going anywhere. Unfortunately, there's still a need for us and there continues to be a need for us, so we'll keep going as long as we can keep going. That's a really interesting point because I also think that's a, a something that uh, small businesses face, you know, is that how many runs on the board do you have? Are you only, how many people on your team? I remember when I first started uh, Scrunch, so my other business is an, an agency, so it's now been around for like 10 plus years. Mm. But I remember that in the early days that always like who else have you worked with? How many team members do you have? And this, you know, where's your office and all of these questions is like how big are you are you legit and so I mean so funny now because I've over the 10 years we you know we had the big fancy office had the big team and now I've gone back to you know smaller team completely Mm. remote completely virtual and you wouldn't know it like people don't care anymore but it is I feel like being in business you are kind of always defending yourself a little bit yeah Possibly one of the things that helped us right up front was we'd modelled ourselves loosely on this this other sort of format. Mm. Um, we had been to see one of our local um, in-crisis services who weren't terribly excited about what we were doing. They have their own challenges, et cetera, but they did give us some good information, um, which was to have a questionnaire to sort of screen people to make sure that they're in the right place, which was which was really good. Mm. But what we also did was we went and um, ran past some psychologists. What we were planning to do, because you know, I'm I'm someone with lived experience. I don't have any um, counselling experience or anything like that. Yeah. I just have experience of myself. Mm. So we ran it past them, and they actually got us to present at the local um, psychological society group that next meeting that they had, and having that. I think was really beneficial because when you've got the tick in the box from psychologists who are going, this is awesome, you know, we, people mm-hmm. can't come to us forever because they can't afford it yes. um, and they don't have anywhere to kind of refer them on if they're mm-hmm. if that's the end of them being able to see them sort of thing. So they were very excited, which was great for us. Um, but having, at that, as you say, that legitimacy and having somebody say, yep, that's these guys are okay, <laughs> you know, you can kind of trust them, I think made a big difference big difference yeah and it is funny isn't it I think there's different ways to do that depending on Mm. the type of business you have because I think sometimes especially I always find this because I have a tech startup background there's you know sometimes when I look at logos on a website I think oh everyone everyone in the tech world's got the same logos just (laughs) copied and pasted onto their website I don't even believe it anymore but I think when you are in a specific industry in a specific niche or skill or you know whatever it might be aligning to a body in Mm -hmm. that industry that's very credible is is such a great idea yeah yeah that's exactly right the other one we have uh, because we started off in Canberra we ended up getting onto the Australian Federal Police's. They've got a, um, uh, I guess it's a system called Support Link, which has a whole heap of organisations in there that can provide different kinds of support. So when they're actually out there at the coalface talking to someone, yeah. they can 
refer them to one of these services and we've we are on that list so that's 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 another credibility tick for us as well you know you don't they don't just put anybody on there we had to go through a series of stuff to get that to happen so wow. that made a big difference as well but yet as I say it's that constant salesperson hat on pretty much all the time yeah even yeah. as a charity and as a charity I, I hate it. I hate having to do that because, you yeah. know, you just want the charity to stand on its own feet and people just throw money at you. But strangely Finally. that doesn't happen. So um, you do need to do that. And I, look, I've been a salesperson in previous lives. I know what needs to be done, but it's it's not my um, not my comfort zone, but I can do it. So Well, sometimes as well it's like, uh, why don't you understand how important this is? <laughs> Exactly. Like, why do I have to pitch you? Why do I have to explain this to you? This is clearly a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. The other challenge is a lot of grants, they don't want you to use the money for back office. Oh, my God. This is the biggest bugbear of mine when government's grants say you can't use the money in your own business. What the hell? Yep. Like, hi, yep. I'm the business that needs the support and you'd like me to spend grant money on somebody else's business. Yep. It drives me up the wall. That's why yeah. we invented the Spark Grants where I'm like, no, spend the money on the shit that you know that you need because you're the business owner and you know that well, you need it. We can't keep going if we don't have the back office stuff. So if you want us to keep going, you've got to, got to help us fund the back office stuff. You know, it costs, you know, several thousand dollars a year just to have all of those software licenses and the mobile phone and the this and the that. So, it yeah, it's extremely frustrating when. So, we, you know, you get creative. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, but it is it is really true. I think that there is um a big misalignment between grants, the grant worlds sometimes, not all the time, don't get me wrong. There's um, certainly um, really helpful grants out there, but I just feel sometimes the headline of what they say they're trying to support, there's a disconnect between then what actually gets funded, what you can spend the money on, yes. the types of businesses that get funded. Yeah, I do have a little little bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> if you couldn't tell. That's right. Uh, yeah, well, I'm with you there. And you know, responding to grants takes a chunk of time as well. Oh, a chunk yeah. Of time. Um, and, you know, when you're trying to run a business or I'm mm -hmm. working so I can actually support myself in my other job, um, yeah. it must be bloody hard not to just... Cut and paste, copy, paste, um, because you're not going to get them that way. So it's um, very exactly. time-consuming. So how do you balance running a business or running the charity and working as well? Like that's huge. Yeah, not very well a lot of the time, <laughs> I have to say. I love the honesty. Um, yep. Yeah, look, we were fortunate when we started, both my business partner and I, we both didn't work Fridays. So Fridays became our day for the charity, our day to go out and visit people was the main thing up front because, you know, and we would just say, look, can we come and visit you? It has to be a Friday. Can we come? It has to be a Friday. And then we would work nights building websites, you know, figuring out how to use Active Campaign, all the other things, weekends, et cetera, um, which when we lived in the same city and had that bit of time was, was easier. We're now in different cities. It's a little bit harder. Luckily, we have this kind of technology that we're using right now, but it can be quite challenging. And, you know, I've, I don't know about what your desk looks like, but I've got my work stuff over here, the one that pays my bills, you know, and then I just get slide over here to the right and I'm in front of another screen. It's like I've just spent eight or nine oh. hours doing one thing there. Yeah. And Christ, the last thing I feel like doing is sitting in front of a screen again, but that's where a lot of the work has to get done, right? 
So oh, it really does. And that's like, I, I commend you for having it in the same space because you'll <laughs> turn around and go, oh, I haven't gotten up yet for the last eight hours. Did I eat today? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's okay. I, I need to go to the toilet. Why is that? <laughs> that's right. I haven't been to the toilet all day. I haven't drunk anything. Yeah. Um, but look, it is really hard. And I mean, there are some very amazing women out there who are doing multiples of jobs, Yeah, um, have lots of creativity going and raising children and doing all of that. And yeah, it, it's hard. I raised my daughter as a single mum. It's, it's challenging. Um, as you get older, I think you do get a little wiser. Um, and I'm I waiting just, for that day to come. I'm, I'm much more... Um, rigid with my time I guess I would say you know and if and I'm also kinder to myself like if I have a day where it's like I know I need to be doing x y and z but I can't today so yeah. I'm just not going to and I just have to let it go sometimes so yeah yeah it is I must admit um as a serial awful to myself person I have have recently learnt the value in being a little kinder to myself oh. and it's so funny I was having this chat last night actually and um sometimes I find if you just let yourself let it go or like sometimes I find you know, if I'm spinning my wheels on something, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just staring at the screen, not getting anything done anyway. I go, you know what? I'm going to go and lie in bed or I'm going to go and sit in, the I'm doing nothing anyway. So why don't I go and not stop beating myself up and go out totally away, get myself out. And I'd find usually if I've closed my eyes for five minutes, I then go, oh, okay, I'm bored now. I went, Let's get into it. Let's get back to work. So it's almost like giving yourself the permission to walk away. Yep. is almost exactly. what you need sometimes. Yeah. I also tend to schedule specific things. Like if I have a yoga mm -hmm. class, that's scheduled in. If I have dance classes, that's yes. scheduled in. And I try not to not go to them unless it's something important. Like I didn't get to my dance classes last week because work was just going nuts over here on the left. So <laughs> um, I just I just had to miss it that time and that's fine. But actually putting them in my diary helps. Can I ask what you do for your day job? That's a very good question as well. I have one of those jobs which a lot of people don't hear about or understand. In the IT world, um, it's called um, program management office. So looking after the project managers who are running projects, making sure that they're getting everything they need, doing everything they're meant to do, reporting as they're meant to, checking on their financials, making sure everything's running okay. Basically, I'm the admin person behind the scenes that cracks the whip on people, which I really enjoy. Do you know what? I had never heard of the PMO before and there's a fabulous uh, Spark member who is a uh -huh. PMO and uh -huh. I, um, I'm my other business scrunch manages her social media and I had to learn all about PMO and I'm telling <laughs> you, trying to get my head out of it's not project management, it's project right. management office. I It took me a long time. She's like, okay, no, not quite that. <laughs> Think yeah. about it over here. It took yeah. me so long to get my head around it. You think about all the administration that a project manager has to do, and if you talk to any project manager, they hate it with a passion, the yeah. admin side. Mm. That's pretty much what a PMO does for them. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Yeah. I know. It, do you find that there are skills that you have in that work that actually are transferable to the business? Absolutely, yeah. Just, look, organisation, planning, writing lists, you know, using all of the software tools, all really good, and 
I think you have to be really adaptable in that kind of role mm -hmm. to sort of roll with the punches. So, you know, oh, we need to build a website. Right, let's learn how to do that. So, you know, you just jump in and, and do things. Um, and I've always, I've always, I started my career way back, I'm not going to say when, a long time ago, um, <laughs> in, an in an administrative position. And I went through to one that I absolutely loved and it's probably still the most favourite job I ever had. The admin people are the grease to the machine, mm. right? Mm. You, you can have a machine it can be running, but it's going to run a hell of a lot smoother if you've got good admin people. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's just really important too. And so whenever, wherever I go, I make really good friends with the administrative people because they are the grease for the machine. And once they get to know you, yeah, it's good. That's so good. I love that too, because I often find people sort of say, um, you know, I want to start a business. I've kind of got an idea, but I just don't know. Like, I don't know how to run a business. I didn't go to university to run a business. Um, like, I'm like, you don't know. It's, you know, it's, I think running a business is the epitome of jack of all trades. <laughs> it's like yes. when you get started, you just have to try and figure everything out. And then, you know, you'll be good at some stuff. You'll be very ordinary at a lot of stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, the hope is at some point you can outsource the stuff you're bad at or you don't like doing to other people, you know? Yes, yes. we've just got to the point where we got a grant, which was awesome, and we've um, got some virtual assistants helping us with, you know, just scheduling posts, you know, writing mm -hmm. blogs for us for drafts because so, time was always our enemy and always has been our enemy, and I'm sure it's exactly the same yes. for all of your members. So being, as you say, being able to get to the point where you can outsource is mm. huge. Um, Virtual and focus on your strength. You know, my, my strength is not social media and putting that stuff out and scheduling it. It's, it's, uh, it's actually getting out in front of people and talking about it. I also do run the meetings that we have because they run online now. So. Um, ah, okay. I was going to ask yes. you if they were in person or virtual or how that worked. We started in person um, and that worked really well. We started with one meeting and then we moved to two uh, and then COVID. So we, we got a grant. So we did. We have been quite fortunate with grants, which was all about um, helping during COVID to try and get online in safe ways. So we were able to um, you know, cool. actually get a proper database in place and set it up so it was all very safe and um, functional. And, yeah, we've pretty much been online ever since. I did start face-to-face -face once again in 2022, but then I moved. So it became a little bit challenging to be face-to-face -face when I don't live in the city where the meeting is. Um, but the, yeah, I find the interesting, I find it... sorry, the, you go. the interesting thing is that a lot of people prefer online because they can be in their own environment. They can have their cat on their lap. They're comfortable. It's mm -hmm. a known place. They haven't had to find somewhere new, be exposed to potentially, you know, a situation where they don't want to, to, to get to a venue so mm. online is is still um a preference for a lot of people so we will definitely want to get back to running face to face um but it also has its challenges online you know it's all of a sudden we're not just having people from Canberra we're getting people from all across the country and one of our things was that we do want to get out to rural and remote areas as well because mm. being able to get to a meeting when you're out in the middle of the country is very difficult or even if you're in a small country town, you know, seeing, you know, 10 women rock up one night kind of puts a little bit of a look at this type thing. So it can be quite challenging. It is hard finding. Um, so I've been living in the middle of nowhere for the last two years. So uh, I understand it's one thing I find <laughs> confronting is that you just become so known. The community is yes. just so small 
that you do um, think about, you know, I'm having lunch at the pub on a Tuesday or I'm, you know, at Woolies in my pajamas <laughs> or whatever it might be. And so it is interesting. I can imagine that that would be super confronting for people not wanting to yeah. perhaps expose themselves or whatever's going on in their home life to other people in the community. That would be That's super right. tough. Yeah. So online was always where we were going to go. But So we've got mm. online, but now we've got to try and actually reach those women who are out there in the remote areas and let them know that we exist so that if they think that this is something that we can help them with, they can come along to some meetings and just join us on the line, as it were. Yeah, no, I love that. That's so good. Mm. Oh, amazing. I feel like I could talk to you all day, uh, but <laughs> let's leave it with one last piece of advice for women in business. So I always love to just, you know, reflecting on your time in business, would there be a piece of advice that's either seen you through the tough times or a piece of advice that you would give to another woman in business who's just on this journey with us? Probably the first one I would say is doing something exactly like this, networking. It's mm. it's one of the best things you can do. Also one of the things that I really am not good at and do not enjoy as a bit of an introvert, but so so good to have that tribe of people. And that's that's in fact what the group is about. It's finding that tribe of like-minded people who can support and help you. And I think if you can do that in whatever you're looking for, these virtual assistants that we have, they've actually got a VA community. They meet once mm. a month online together when they can. So finding those people who can help you because, as you say, we can't be good at everything. So even if you can get some pointers on well, if you're going to set up a website, I'd recommend you start use, with using this one because it's really simple and you can just get something up and running really quickly. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably the thing. And go for it is the other thing. You know, what? what is the actual worst that can happen? You'll have learned something along the way and if it didn't work, it wasn't meant to work, but you can use what you've learned and go on to the next thing. I love that so much and I could not agree with you anymore. <laughs> Community <laughs> and just bloody do it. <laughs> yeah, well, funnily enough, when we first started, um, the company name we set up was JFDI. Oh, my God, I wanted to ask you about your current company name. So tell me about that too when you're telling the yeah, story. So JFDI is just do it. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so Adamus Nexus... Uh, <laughs> My my first my friend and I we we're wordsmiths but we can get very bogged down so finding a name was something important we didn't want to just call it you know domestic violence support group so Adamus is uh, Greek for diamond mm -hmm. um sort of that indestructible and uh, Nexus is connection so what we were always thinking is that hidden in these women is this diamond that's been formed under pressure and time and we want to help them unearth it through community and connection so that's where oh. Adamus Nexus came from. I so love that cool, so but much. But we still love it. <laughs> it's gorgeous. I absolutely love it. <laughs> you are absolutely amazing, Christine. Cheers to you. Thank you so Thank much you, for coming darling. on Spark TV. You are the best. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That wraps another episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. I hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey. We would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review. This helps the Spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business. If you want to hang out with us even more, join Spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a 
business growth tip. Check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.